Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. It's Rich Langton here, and uh, yes, I am back um, after being sick last, uh, or a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, thanks to Autumn for um, holding the fort down for me as I was, I was sick in bed, guys. Hope you were praying for me because I needed it. But now we're back. I'm back on board and we're, um, I'm excited about being back with the podcast and uh, getting on with what we've been talking about for a little while, which is our Team Talks series that we're starting. Uh, essentially, in today's episode, we're, we're kicking off that new series, and it's going to be uh, really we're going to talk about things that are that are meaningful to us as a, as a creative team here in Sydney and and you know Hillsong Creative around the world. Uh, but also, we're going to be discussing things that you guys, as listeners, have sent in to us. So today's episode is one of those one of those topics. We're going to be talking about the tension that can sometimes exists between the tasks that we do as creative teams and creatives versus the people we do it with. So people versus task. Um, with regard to topics, if you wanted to, um, you know, you hear what we talk about today and, and it sparks some ideas or something that you would like to hear more about from how we approach it at Hillsong Creative, then there's a link in the show notes that you can click on and just send us through your your idea. So as I said, today's episode is the result of, of one of you guys sending in uh, an idea. So part of the concept of this is obviously that we don't have all the answers. We, um, we are always trying to get better. We're always trying to change and grow and move forward and perhaps you are too and so one suggestion might be that you gather some of your team the people that you do life with get them to listen to perhaps our discussion and then have your own discussion about it you know ask yourselves some of the same questions and in that uh, maybe we can all move forward i think it's a good plan hope you do too here we go specifically today i'm talking to katie wall who is our brisbane central creative pastor and she's been doing that for quite some time uh, she has a great team up there and a growing team she's really strong on task that would be her i think probably her natural bent but then over the last probably five to or, or, or ten years or so I've, I've really watched her develop her heart for people and her real pastoring uh gift and um, so now the team is obviously gets the job done, but they have a great sense of community up in Brisbane. So shout out to you guys. Also, I'll be talking with Mike Weber, who's a pastor down in Melbourne. He heads up our creative technology team uh, and again, uh, gets the job done. He, he will mention his ability to get the job done, but also uh, I've noticed with him the ability that he has to create a sense of fun, a sense of enjoyment, and to emphasize the bigger picture purpose of what it is we're trying to do. And uh, so that's an interesting aspect to, to the conversation. Look out for that. So we'll jump straight into it now. Hey guys, it's so good that you guys could join us, Katie and Mike. Uh, you guys are great. Um, as always, I'm stumbling over my words today, but thank you for joining us. This is going to be great. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be here. It's so good. All right. So for you at home, we're talking about uh, in our creative teams, how do we manage the tension between tasks, the tasks that we've got to do and the people that we do it with? Um, 
obviously for creative at Hillsong Church and um, I guess for anybody listening from other church teams, uh, our teams gen- generally tend to be the people that get stuff done. Um, we're pulling together services on a weekend. We're making sure rostered positions are, f- are filled, that there's going to be a band that turns up. There's going to be a sound guy or girl that turns up. There's going to be hopefully photographers and sometimes dancers and and um, all sorts of creative people uh, are going to be a part of our services or our conferences. And so therefore there's stuff to get done and we're the people that often will do that. But then we do it with, with these people. And so really church is about the people it's about connecting them with god so then that can present a bit of attention sometimes so today we thought it would be great to really talk about this uh, apparent tension that can appear and then i guess how we approach it and, and our heart around this sort of thing from your perspective katie how like when it comes to uh people versus task do you have you ever felt that that tension yes um, <laughs> leading question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rich. Um, every every Sunday. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, I I was thinking about this actually, and I was thinking about um, the greatest example in the Bible when it comes to um, task and people, and that's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And where did you find Jesus? You found him with his people, and he was about his father's business, and he had mission, and he had things to get done. Um, but he was with people and he spent time with people and he brought people along the journey. And, you know, um, I was even thinking uh, there's a there's a quote and it talks about building the ship, building a ship. And it says, um, when you build a ship, you don't get men around to gather wood and divide the work and give orders, but you teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Mm. And so when it comes to our task and people focus, A, I want to make sure that I'm always about the people. Um, just like Jesus was about the people and through the and along with the people accomplished his father's business. Um, yeah. But in doing that, I want to make sure that I'm actually not motivating people just to do tasks, but I'm actually inspiring people from a conviction of why, uh, why yeah. we're doing what we're doing every Sunday. Um, yeah. And from that place of why the work gets done. Yeah. I love that because it, it really focuses um like you've gone right there to where I was hoping we might eventually get. So see, it might be a short conversation. But I feel like the podcast is done. Drop the mic, Katie. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Thanks for joining us, guys. It's been a really good day. It's more of a micropod. We're back to those days. Gosh. Anyways, um, <laughs> the, the task is often not the task, but sometimes we can be so focused on like I guess the minuteness of it, and I guess Mike, you would you would experience this a lot, where there's a lot of items on a checklist to get done, but really we're about something far bigger than that, and it can be confusing for people sometimes, or or, or uh, confusing is the wrong word. We can be distracted by those task lists rather than remembering the bigger picture. Absolutely, I think one of the things that we try and always put at the forefront of our team's minds particularly on a Sunday morning, let's say it's the middle of a Melbourne winter and we're unloading a truck at 5.30 a.m. You know, it's not the most inspiring thing to be doing. Um, But when right from the outset, we remind people that we're actually creating an atmosphere and a platform for people to encounter the presence and the power of God, it actually puts a whole different perspective on us putting a lifter up and down the back of a truck and pushing road cases into a a little theatre in the centre of Melbourne. Um, Mm. And so just putting 
like Katie said, the why, you know, you could call it the vision, the, the, the picture of what we're doing in front of people. Um, it creates a, a level of inspiration that you can't create just from talking about the task. You know, we can, we can have a, a you know, a, a toolbox talk and gather together and say, this is what we're going to do. And this is going to go there and this is going to go there. And we're going to build this in this way. And we're going to have the best looking lighting set and lead wall and PA and backline setup that we've ever had. But if we don't actually give the purpose behind why we're doing those things, then the motivation and the inspiration can can deteriorate pretty quickly because you'll just have a comparison of, well, my natural circumstances are it's cold, I'd rather be in bed. And there's only so many times I can impress myself by building a lead wall. But if people are remembering while they're building that lead wall or whatever they're doing, unrolling a cable, hey, I'm doing this to create a platform for people to encounter the presence of God, then it, it it creates that layer of motivation that I think you can't find just if you're focused on task. Mm. Then I feel like all of that's good and people will resonate with all of what we've said so far. Um, and obviously if we're part of God's kingdom, we, we should be servant-hearted and that's part of being a Christian is is serving, serving others, serving the church, um, big picture serving, serving God. Um, so then... You know, if we're a task-driven group of people, do we do we need to be thinking about the people in it as well? Do we even need to create community? I know the answer to this, and it's a dumb question because <laughs> because obviously we have to and we should be. But but talk to us about that. Like, um, what is our heart towards the people in amongst the task? Can we talk about that for a little bit? Oh, yes. Well, I think beyond um, being workers, I think there's a quote by Tosa that says, before God wants workers, he's looking for worshippers. You know, we, we do come with our gifts and our talents that are that are given as a gift from God to us. Um, but you know what? Before that, we're Christians and we're designed to worship God and we're designed to be in community and we're designed to be um, disciples. And, you know, um, that's what I love about our creative community is it's made up of a whole lot of individuals, um, of dreamers and doers. And, you know, when we're all in community together, we're actually, the whole body is actually strengthened. So we're, we're not designed to be little creative robots on our own little island. But we're actually designed to be part of the greater church body. And I think it's the biggest gift ever. If I could bring another perspective as well, Rich. Yeah, um, controversial. No, not not controversial. <laughs> just, I agree with everything that has been said. Um, and I go to, like, okay, someone who sows their life into their local sporting club, for example. Mm. They pay their fees. They volunteer in the canteen. They may run the sidelines, you know, depending on what code you are. If it's NRL, you're running the sidelines. If it's AFL, you're running the boundary line. Whatever it is, like, people want to be sowing their time into something that for them is of value and for them mm. is of worth. Mm -hmm. And so for us as Christians, our value and our worth is in knowing that we're doing things to build the kingdom. So mm. where someone who isn't a Christian might sow 12 hours a week volunteering at their local sporting club, someone who is a Christian may get that same sense of fulfillment and that same sense of purpose, if not a greater sense of purpose out of sowing 12 hours of their week into rehearsing their craft or preparing 
you know, some sort of creative expression to be used in the kingdom. And, um, and I think it's just like someone who has no reference point for why you would sow it into the church they would sow it into their sporting club or they would mm. sow it into their local dance club or yeah. there's so many different spheres of life that only operate because of the generosity of people mm. sowing into something that for them has value. Yeah. And I think it's so easy just to bypass that when it comes to the church and to just roll with the line, the church just wants your money and the church just wants <laughs> to take advantage of you. Well, mm. the only reason that we want to create opportunities for people to serve is because I know for me how much fulfillment I've got out of all of my life serving on worship mm. teams and the amount of relationships, meaningful relationships, the amount of, of value that has been added to my life because I've mm. sown into something that has sown back into me so much more than I have ever sown into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I, I think, um, I guess I think to go to the Gospels and I think of Jesus and the way he taught people to follow him. And and it seems to me that the way Jesus, uh, well, what he was expecting from people was pretty much to lay down their whole life, lay, lay it all down. Um, and and there was a few examples of people that struggled to do that. The rich young ruler might be one where, where Jesus asked him for the one thing that he couldn't let go of. Now, did Jesus want his money? I don't think so. I think he was really wanting him to let go of the thing that, that had hold of him. Um, and and um, the disciples, for example, just dropped their nets and followed Jesus. Um, he says, you know, if you want to be great, be the servant of all. Um, he talks about taking up your cross daily. You know, this the picture that Jesus paints, if you look at the Gospels, um, is of people that that serve others. And, and so it'd be strange for us not to encourage people within a church context and in our world, you know, within a creative context, to lay down their, lay down their lives to serve uh, the kingdom. Um, now, all of that is true, and I believe that. And at the same time, there's, uh, there's an element of, of from a pastoral perspective where we need to be shepherding people and making sure that they're okay within that serving. And so I'd love to to explore that a little bit. I guess for those listening at home, my encouragement would be to, you know, obviously to serve, but then for, for those leaders amongst us who are listening, to not take advantage of that serving. So then from your perspective, say, Mike, with your early bump-ins and all, how do you approach that? How do you... How do you um, create a sense of community that isn't taking advantage of people, legitimately isn't, but is also wanting people to serve and, and become more Christ-like in their service. Yeah. I think if we're leaning only on the task, then that's got an expiry date for people. Then there needs to, initially, that might be enough to motivate and inspire someone. But after a period of time, there has to be something more than, hey, I'm just really good at setting up that one piece of church and I do that really well after doing that for six months or 12 months there's some extra value that maybe people are looking for that's attached to what they're doing you know and I think that's where community comes into it if people aren't also building meaningful relationships and feeling like what they're doing isn't just a silo but it's actually connected to other people who are bringing their best as well 
then I think that's where people lose motivation and inspiration and then we'll just sort of slip away into the background. Mm. But we need to make sure that along with creating something that they can do to be, be bringing their building block for the kingdom, that they're also building community at the same time. And so, um, you know, we just do, we just try and keep it fun. Like, you know, when we're doing a convoy of road cases, you know, into the AF, we'll, you know, when it's safe to do so, I don't know if anyone from Safe Church is listening, but you know, we'll, we'll have races through the foyer. You know, see who can get to the door first, or you know, we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who can take a particular road case that everyone dreads taking. You know, it's like that one always gets left till last, and you know, you're sort of, you're the uh, the lucky person who happens to be walking out empty-handed when that's the only road case left to get pushed in. You know. And, and you just joke about it. We, we, we make sure that we've got a, um, a Bluetooth speaker close by, you know, so that we can, you know, not every week. Sometimes you don't want to be, you know, pumping out uh, rock tunes at 6 a.m. on a Sunday <laughs> morning. But sometimes you do want some background music just to lift the vibe. You know, if it's just really quiet and people are really flat, just cr- bring me some music. Sometimes we'll play worship. Sometimes we'll play jazz. Sometimes we'll play... Kanye, you know, sometimes like, whatever it is, just just things that can create just an atmosphere where people aren't just locked away in their own little world. Um, you know, we'll 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 make challenges out of things. Okay, it took you seven minutes to do that task last week. Can you do it in six minutes this week? You know, and just ways that we can connect people in. Um, help people to connect with each other um and then on the other end of the day you know so let's say we're doing a bump out you know and it's been a a big bump out we'll make sure that we stop and we celebrate together what we've achieved you know again like Mm. hey we closed the truck doors four minutes earlier than we did last week good job team you know and then wherever we can it's like okay let's go out and get some food together or you know let's go out and depending on what time of year it is go to fed square and watch look at the christmas tree or you know like we just try and do something beyond okay the task is done now we don't just all disperse and go home but you know and it's different to a context you know and maybe katie can speak to this where you have a church building and you've got places that you can go to create community in your church building for us we don't we've got big task a big task list to do and so where we can take those moments for community probably looks different to how you do it in a, um, you know, a big campus like yourself, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've actually had to be inventive, um, particularly since we've come back to church and, and things are getting busy again with how we invest into people. Because the reality is that um, those service blocks on Sunday. Um, people, our people, our volunteers are pouring into others, they're pouring into our church. And so I want to make sure we're intentional about then pouring into them. And so something that we've done really practically this year that we've actually done nationally, and I'm not sure if you guys have talked about this on the podcast yet, but is our creative tables. Um, so uh, they've yeah. become a place um, during the week um, for discipleship and connection and community where we actually intentionally invest into our team um, around tables in small settings, which has been a game changer, I feel like. Um, but yeah. really want to be intentional with how we pour into people and how we disciple them. Yeah. I'm glad you talked about that. I was going to ask you about tables because um, at Mount G, at Brisbane Central, as we call it, you've gone through uh, the list of all of our volunteers and and 
individually put them in a group or you know allocated them to a group help them to find find their place in it and I'd love you to talk a little bit about the individuals amongst the team and how you've done that and even the work of that because I think sometimes we want to just uh, either we can go to extremes can't we we can we can just want stuff from people they've said they're volunteering now we're allocating them to a roster and we forget about the holistic you know the rest of their life and, and we sort of don't take any um any care for that but in actual fact people are not just the tasks that they give to us they're they're holistic people with with a lot of hours outside of the one or two that they give us each week um but um I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is or what I'd love you to speak to is how do you go about developing the care for the individual and the tenacity to do the work to do that care? Because I feel like you're really good at that. Well, we're trying. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we have a, we have a really large team. We're, we're blessed. And, um, gee, I, I just see um, I think over particularly over the period where we weren't doing Sunday services, I found myself with more space to get to know people and to to listen to their stories. And um, it just gave me a whole new appreciation for the privilege it is to pastor and to lead others. Um, and so when it came to like we chatted about earlier reopening and things kind of getting busier again um, I wanted to ensure that we'd actually taking the time to disciple people and and invest into them and so um, I started reading a book um, and it was it was about the power of the table talks about how um, the early church gathered around tables and um, that's how the stories the story of Jesus was told and and the gospel was spread it was from table to table and so when it came to our team I feel like you know let's let's um let's reignite um that axe model of actually gathering that rhythm of temple meeting together in the temple and then gathering around tables uh, for community and fellowship so we took time we took a list of all of our team off planning center um, and worked with our team leaders to actually get people in in community and it was however big your table is um, invite that many people around so we got um, about 30 different leaders 35 different leaders in our team and said, hey, would you open your table? Would you? Or And for some that didn't practically have a space where they could meet in their home, it looked like um, offices and cafes and a whole lot of different um, avenues towards that, but just took the time um, to then invite people and then we looked at who who we who was kind of hanging out on their own and went hey i feel like this person uh, would be great um, to come into this table and to immerse themselves in community there and so it's been really cool to see people that have been on the outskirts of our team and haven't been super connected uh in our space week to week actually find a place of community and discipleship it's been awesome yeah the tables at the hills campus where we are has been um we just had one night so far um but um for those of you listening we're doing this once a month um in here in sydney and it's varying times around the country but essentially once a month um alongside our serving and our rehearsing and our gathering for sort of team nights um the um uh so the first night because we have you know quite a large team here as well in sydney at, at the hills campus as i say um we we hadn't necessarily allocated everyone to groups. Some people were already in established groups or you know they were going to meet with people uh but then for those who didn't have a group uh, we sort of uh, had to find places for them. So Cass and I headed out to the to our foyer, um, the lobby, as as you might say, and um, and looked for some people. And it was 
it was, uh, you know, super awkward for us as it was for the people that we grabbed, <laughs> you know, people who didn't have a place to go. But we we embraced the awkwardness of that, of, of getting to know people we didn't really know. I mean, we, we knew them, but not, not intimately. Uh, and we sat down and um, I guess what we've been doing in our tables is is really opening the, the scriptures and diving in. And, um, and I guess on reflection, I just have loved... Um, I loved the the overcoming the awkwardness, and um and I loved that that our team uh, embraced that journey with us. Um, and the reason I say all of that is just to acknowledge that this process of creating community, of both trying to lead a community, but also when you're just a member in a community, is is not a necessarily an easy process. It, it's, you know, um, it's full of different personalities and different styles of interacting and different backgrounds and different, you know, obviously different people. Um, and and therefore, there's this journey of just sort of overcoming that, of, of everyone having to choose to overcome the awkwardness to enter into this this new space um, where you're sharing each other's lives, and um, and I think that that is as much on the leader as it is on on the the team member, on the person coming. Um, but within that, the the um, so it's a both it's a giving and a receiving from everybody, um, sort of equally in that way. But in that, there's this responsibility on. On us as leaders, and and any of you listening, uh, uh, on you as leaders, and and particularly as, as pastors, if, if for those of you who are pastors, but I think there's a there's a responsibility on us to to create an environment that that uh, sort of is safe enough for people to enter into that awkwardness, um, which sort of lends itself to this overall, um, I guess something I'd love us to chat a little bit about is is how do we create an environment where people feel okay to enter the awkwardness or how do we create an environment where people are okay to even talk about their involvement in the team and where they see themselves uh, fitting and how, you know, if they're feeling like they're stretched at a particular time, how do we create a space where they're okay to talk about that uh, rather than, than it just being awkward and so awkward that they want to avoid it? Because I feel like if we're honest, we've we've probably all been in in all of the above kinds of, of environments where we felt safe enough to chat or not safe or also where it's just too awkward to even bring it up or I wouldn't do that. Mike in Melbourne, I know that it's, you know, you ha- it hasn't all been smooth sailing when it comes to this kind of stuff, but how have you overcome that and how are you moving forward in that kind of way? Yeah, uh, something that just came to my mind while you were speaking, Rich, was um, I think of my relationship with my wife, Liz, and we can drive in the car together for four hours and we can maybe talk for 10 minutes of that four hours, mm-hmm. but it's pretty comfortable the rest of the time. Yeah. And when we, you know, arrive at our destination, we don't feel awkward because we've had a lot of history together. Of Whereas I think back to when we were dating and every minute that we were together, I felt like you had to keep the conversation going, <laughs> yeah. you know? And you know that first time in a friendship or a relationship when there's silence and you just like, oh, is this okay? What, what, what does, what's she thinking? What's he thinking? What, what are we going to say next? I think in every relationship, you have to go through a period of awkwardness in order to get to the next layer of comfort. So where you're okay in the silence or you're okay to not have 
the right thing to say or the right advice. And, uh, and I was just thinking in the context of task versus community, if, if that's a, a correct terminology, um, I, I, I think um, a, a group of people who I'm really comfortable doing tasks with, I'm not necessarily going to be comfortable automatically doing community with. But a group of people I'm really comfortable doing community with, I'm going to be super comfortable doing tasks with straight away. And so to me, our discussions highlighting more and more the importance of community, because if we actually get community right, it's going to lead to the tasks being done anyway, and potentially being done at a much more effective and efficient and fulfilling way if we get the community side of it right. Yeah, and I think that um, part of that, and and maybe people would have a different approach, but my approach, uh, and uh, for better or worse, is that I, f- I think that in, in order to, for us to create community, you have to give of yourself. Um, so, like, I think, Katie, you know, I, I've heard you talk about, you know, some of the, um, the catch-ups that you've had with some of the team members. You don't just sit there and just blurt out advice or just you know just tell them what to do or just sit there and not say anything personally you enter into it right yeah absolutely and i think um i mean time and place right but um vulnerability leads to vulnerability and so i always especially and tables are a great space for that Mm. um and so i think um i always try to bring my honest authentic self into those spaces to go, hey, this is what I'm thinking about, or this is what this is what God's challenging me on right now, and it actually by me opening up as a, as a leader and opening up to what God is speaking and doing in my life, it then paves the way for others. Yeah, yeah, and I think as well as so there's the the vulnerability side, and then there's the modeling service side. So when it comes to the task, um, like Mike said, if if we're in relationship, we've got some community with people, then then uh, alongside that also us entering into the task with people rather than just telling them what to do and us being like the taskmaster and and the team or the volunteers doing all the work if they see us entering into that uh, into the task as well then then i think that that kind of it again takes the focus off kind of the drudgery sometimes of a of a task and puts it onto no no we're all doing this because we all have something in common which is is our service of Christ and our love of Him. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up soon, but a couple more questions. The, some of our uh, volunteers, they might, they might be t- uh, task-oriented. You know, some people listening, they might be about the task. They want to come, they want to do the task and get out of there. Um, what would you say to, to those people? Well, I don't think it's necessarily so much about what we would say to those people as it is about how we would lead those people. So um, in CT world, we, we probably are more inclined to have people who are that way. They, you know, they're going to be more comfortable doing the task than they are going to be comfortable building community. And just because my natural way of feeling like I'm connected is that I want an equal balance of task and community. It doesn't mean that everyone I lead wants equal parts of task and community. Some of the people I lead, if they're doing 
95% task and 5% community, that's still too much people time for them. You know, so <laughs> yeah. for some people, for some people, if I look them in the eye and say, hi, how are you? And they say, good, that, that could be their limit of how much people interaction they're comfortable with. And so I can't automatically be like, okay, if you want to be part of this team, we're equal parts task and equal parts community, because that's not going to work for everyone. Um, but it is on me as the leader um, to be able to gauge that and to be able to, um, you know, there, there may come a time where for someone's just general life development, I do need to encourage them to come out of their shell a little bit more and that that having a more part community and less part task would be good for them. But I think there are some people who are really wired that way that they're going to lean one way or the other. They're going to lean way more to community. Um, like I think some, I think of some of the people on our creative team and, you know, we've got an all-in culture. It's like whether you're the worship leader or the drummer or the sound engineer or the camera operator, um, we're all in bump out in equal parts. We all can find a, a thing to do. But I've got to be careful as someone who can really drive a task when I have to and... I get great fulfillment out of doing things more efficiently than I did last time I did them. I've got to be aware that not all of not all creative people are wired the same way that I am. And they they want to stand around and chat for 95% of bump out, you know, while I'm like, pick up the cable and roll it, you know. But but yeah. for them, they're they're building into our team just as important a part as the person who's rolled 27 cables in the same time that someone else has rolled yeah. one cable. So I've got to be aware, what are people's strengths and weaknesses? What are people comfortable with? Where is someone at in terms of their journey of life? You know, someone mm. might be going through something and if I'm not aware that they're going through a stress at work or a stress at home and I just keep trying to drive the task or, I keep giving excuse for them to not buy into community because they're not that way wired. Well, maybe I need to draw them into community because they're going through a hard time. Or maybe I need to just take the pressure off the task for a while because they're going through something. So I think it's really important that we have a gauge of where people are at with what they're comfortable with. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a constantly evolving and moving thing, I think. Yeah. I think it's good you said that because I think it, it sort of highlights the reality of us also needing to know our own tendencies. Um, if I'm given a task to do, I'm pretty task oriented as well. And I want to get it done, you know, and that, and I think that's, that's okay. As long as you acknowledge that and realize that under pressure, you might act a certain way and therefore you, ha you need perhaps some, some, uh, something to counteract that. And um, that's where, where a team environment is really good and and having people who are uh so for Cass and I good team um she's completely the opposite to me she she would be the person to having the chat while while you're saying you know come on let's get it done or in my case where I'm saying let's get it done um but but the between the two of us there's a healthy balance and I think in a in a um you know creative team it's always great if we can have people who are are of different tendencies working together so that we can balance each other up and remind each other and bring accountability to each other 
One last question. Hey, Katie, with, um, you know, people listening might find themselves leading a team where they they might be hearing all of this and it might be opening their eyes to perhaps, um, I guess, the tensions that, that can be there and they might not have realized it already. But if someone was then going off to look at their own team, what would be some of the warning signs that they've maybe gone one way too far or the other? You know, they've become only about the task or perhaps you know that uh, well let's talk about that way because that's probably the more i think maybe the more dangerous of the two yeah um and and to be honest like i found myself in those places sometimes and i find myself when i find myself getting relatively cynical um i often need to look inward and go where where is my heart at and i have a little system and you might have heard of it before but it's called halt are you hungry are you angry are you, wait, what was the other one? Something or tired. Um, and I ask myself those questions and I ask myself if I have a rhythm of rest, like if my rhythm of rest um, and spending personal time with God is on point. And usually it's one of those things um, that in which I find myself and gone, oh, I think we've gravitated too far this way. And I think as a leader, um, we often look at our team through the eyes of where we're at as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and feeling what we need, we then go, oh, our team must need this. Um, and it's because I also need that. Um, and so I often st- stop um, and just go, oh, hey, where am I actually at? And I ask the, the God, I feel like something I pray a lot is um, Matthew 13, will give me eyes to see and ears to hear, like what you're yeah. doing, where I'm mm-hmm. at, um, what you're actually doing in our church um, and kind of just balancing all of that up against it. But um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I just did a quick Google, so I didn't, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> it's, I think those, those little keys are really helpful though um, to, to sort of take a little minute to halt and reassess um, and then the flip side as we close, I think the, the other thing is to obviously, w- which we would say a lot, but just to keep the main thing, the main thing, kind of wrapping it up, finishing where we started. Um, and so we have to really wrap all of this in, in a great intention of obviously of serving the Lord and, and, um, and doing, hopefully doing that with gladness and then encouraging others to do the same, knowing that it's together that that um, uh, together that we will achieve what God, what it is that God would have us achieve, um, and and as pastors and and leaders, um, you know, I think that we have to we have a responsibility to make sure people are shepherded well and looked after, that they are holistically cared for, um, and that we don't become selfish in just wanting to utilize people for what they can give us or what they can do for us but obviously um we're here for them and and their service is part of um as part of their offering and their worship to the lord and so we have to steward their service and their the rest of their lives well so that we're being honoring to them but also to to jesus so i hope that this has been a helpful little team talk for you guys listening and i hope that um that you've been blessed by Katie and Mike. They are great people serving real well. And uh, shout out to the team in Queensland and th- the guys in, in Victoria and Tassie. And, uh, and I hope that as we creatives um, and particularly Hillsong creative, that you guys listening, I hope that you can embrace some of what we talked about today, take it on. And as we serve, um, we can all move forward and do it better. 
in Jesus' name, hopefully. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed that first uh, team talk, the very first one in our new series. I certainly enjoyed it, and uh, I think it'll be a great thing for us as a team and hopefully you guys as you're listening as well. At the start, I mentioned the idea, the concept of maybe listening together and having your own discussion, your own team talk about some of the, the things that we've raised. So here's three questions that you might like to use as a starting point for your own team talk. We've put them in the show notes. First one is, where do I personally land when it comes to task versus people? Uh, where are my weak spots? Where, where is the balance for me? And what can I do about that? How can I personally move forward? Number two would be, uh, as a team, where do you land? It's really the same question. Is it task or people? Uh, where is your weakness? Where is your strength? Where do you land in that balance? And what what might you be able to do to move forward in that? And then third question might be, practically speaking, what are you going to do? What's the next step that you as a team will take to get this balance right and to keep growing? I think that's all we have for you today. I can't wait till next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. If, As always, if you wanted to uh, write a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, we'd appreciate that. And of course, obviously share the podcast too because that helps us to have uh, a greater impact and to grow a little community of creatives around the world. We love you guys. I'll talk to you soon.